0: So I've got the Whitney mic on. So if I feel the need to break into Hit Me Baby one more time, you'll just have to go with it. Isn't it great how God choreographs things beautifully, where he brings different words, different songs, different phrases that people say, and he choreographs them or orchestrates them together? Nothing is missing. Um, And he's brilliant at that. He's an expert at that. And even when you're dealing with something that you think, pfft, This is going to, you know, take years of prayer. I work for the NHS, so um, (laughs) I've been praying about spirituality in the NHS, and I started praying about that a number of years ago, and I was saying to the Lord, it's a big beast, the NHS, to turn around. It's like a massive vessel. You know, you have to do it really slowly, Um, and I don't quite know how you're going to do it. And I went to work the next morning, and at that time, I shared an office with lots of different people. I didn't have my own phone. We had lots of phones all over. Anybody could answer any phone. And the phone rang, and I picked it up and said, you know, hello, Irene speaking. And the person said, "Um, can I ask you some questions about spirituality? (laughs) What? Um, And it was a Macmillan nurse doing a survey on spirituality in the NHS. Um, And that was when I changed my heart and said, God, you can do anything. Um, so, thinking about today, we're in a season of um, prayer and looking at teaching on prayer. And we've heard, uh, David brought um, something, uh, um, I think it was last week, I was going to say a few weeks ago, time passes, um, on the um, prayers of the apostles. And um, we've heard, um, like Anthony brought some stuff on prayer, and he talked about um, intercessory prayer. Um, one of my favorite verses when it comes to prayer is in Job, where it said, God is constantly speaking to us, first this way and that but we don't perceive it. So if you feel as if God's not speaking to you, now's the time we can sort of change all that, because he is, you're just missing it. And so that's the basis on um, the things I want to speak to you about today. There are lots of things that we can look at online. There's really no excuse in in terms of, oh, I don't know how to start or I don't know what to do. There's loads of stuff online. Um, You can just do some searches and look at... um, There's a Bible app that can give you various things. Um, There's tasks that you can do online, so different ideas of how to study Scripture. Um, You can look at uh, different types of prayers. I put in um, acrostic prayers because I know a few acrostic prayers where each uh, there's a word and each letter symbolises something else. And I found "Pray", um, which is praise, respond, adore, and yield. Um, There was fellowship. That was one. Um, there was pray for an hour. How to pray for an hour? There's loads of things um, that we can use to um, help us pray. But the bottom line about prayer is, as David said the other day, it's supposed to be a dialogue. We're supposed to hear Him. And if you're praying and you're not hearing Him, then it won't be long before you're either burnt out or you stop praying, because when you don't hear Him, there's no life. And you can forget all those tools, and you can just go sit with him. But I was talking to Andy. Andy has a phrase called active waiting. Sometimes we're a little passive, I think, in the presence of God. And we can go and go, okay, I'm waiting, but really I'm planning all the jobs I need to do, what I could be doing if I wasn't sitting here with you, and I could be doing all this sort of stuff. And I've learned now that I go into my waiting time with God with a journal and a pen. And I jot down all the things that get in the way so that I can focus on Him. And there are tools that we can use, like if you're baptized in the Spirit, you can speak in tongues. I found that speaking in tongues for a couple of minutes does nothing for me. So I did a bit of an investigation and said to God, "Okay, what if I speak in tongues for five minutes? So I did it for five minutes, no real change. Um, I did it for 10 minutes, no real change. I got to 20 minutes and then I broke through into something. So it might not take 20 minutes for you. For me, maybe that's how busy I am. It takes 20 minutes to get all the other stuff out my head so that I can focus on God. But for me, if I speak in tongues for 20 minutes, I then break through into a new area with him and have a real encounter. So there are lots of different things that we can do. The bottom line is we need life in our prayer time. We need to hear the living word of God. And that can be our Bible. You know, your Bible is the living word. And I sometimes take that to the next stage and think, well, okay, that means that if I read something out of the Bible, that is Jesus, because he's the living word. So that is Jesus to me. So there are certain things that I read and I glaze over as I'm reading. And then there are other things that make me stop. And that's because there's life on them. People have given me scriptures over the years and I sort of look at them and I'll read them and say, where are you in this God? And sometimes it's not for that time. Sometimes it's for later time. But I know when he is on something. And I can feel there's a life on it. I might not understand it. I might not understand what the application is. But I know there's life here. And so I'll stay there. There's a scripture in Song of Solomon which says, um, Refresh me with apples. Deep and meaningful. I can see that you're all. But there was something about it. And I looked up some interpretations of what that meant. And um, somebody has translated it as nourish me. And I'd, oh... There is something on that for me. Nourish me. So sometimes I just sit before the Lord and say, Nourish me, God. Nourish me, God. And it will be different for you. God speaks to us in dreams as well. We've been practicing with some friends about dream interpretation and looking at that way. Andy will often sort of say, Oh, I had this dream. And I'll go, Oh, what was it? And I want to know all the details so that I can practice. But I felt the Lord saying something specific to a few of us today. So I want to chat about, I was just checking where the clock was so I know I don't go too long chat about some of those things. Um, There are some of us who may have areas in our lives that we feel are unlovely. Um, A few years ago, Andy and I um, were preparing to lead some worship at um, the ice house. There was going to be a meeting at the ice house. And we were just, um, we'd got up, um, and we were still in the bedroom, hadn't started getting ready. And I, I stood, I'd got out of bed, and Andy was still in bed, and I just stood there, and I said, you know what, I know God loves me, but I don't feel loved. I know I'm not forsaken, but I feel forsaken. I know I'm not forgotten, but I feel forgotten. And I just said it, and then, okay, I'll go get a shower. (laughs) And then off off we went, um, on with getting ready with the day. And we went to the meeting, and the guy spoke. I was deeply impacted by what he said, but we were on worship, so we couldn't respond, so we went to um, carry on with the worship, and then when the meeting had finished and the worship had wound up, um, Andy and I went out and received prayer, and the guy came to me, and he said to me, open your eyes. Um, And I opened my eyes, and I looked at him, and he said, God, I said, I need to get tissue." God said, "He loves you. He always has, and he always will." God says, "You are not forgotten." God says to you, "You are, and never will be forsaken." And only God could know what was in my heart it is important to be honest. So there might be some areas of your life, it's really easy in church. Um, I know I've heard it lots of times, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. You know, and sometimes it's really easy to let scriptures trip off your tongue. Um, And sometimes there's a place for that, you know, sometimes there's a place to say, I'm not in that, I can't believe it, Lord, I'm really struggling, but you know what, I'm going to declare it, I'm going to declare it. And some of you will know our story over the last couple of years, we've declared healing, we've stood in healing, and we've seen the miraculous. But sometimes there's a time to come and say to God, it doesn't look like it's all working together for good for me and to just be honest. And I think for some of us this morning, he's challenging us or inviting us, as June used the phrase earlier on, is inviting us um, to be honest with him and actually share our heart and then wait before him, don't run off like I did. Who knows, he could have said that to me in the bedroom and that could have transformed what happened um, for my encounter later on in the day. Um, So if you be honest with him, but then wait and let him respond to you. I wanted to speak to to those, I have elements of this in my life, who have perfectionist tendencies, so if that's you, um, because there are some areas where I think, oh Lord, I can't do that because I'm not good in this area, or I can't do that because I'm not good in this area, or even I'm failing you because, or this isn't working properly, because my perfectionist um, within me wants to reach to this is what I consider to be a good Christian, And I fail in some of those areas. And I heard um, a few months ago about the difference between, I think it's Greek... approach, as it were, compared to the more modern and the Western approach, and the way they use the word perfect is very different. So if we in Britain looked at a tree and said, oh, it's perfect, we'd be expecting it to be completely symmetrical, you know, the right shape, um, you know, all the leaves, the right green, um, and we'd be looking at that type of thing, what's the bark like? Um, But the Greek guys look at it and say, is it doing what it was designed to do? Is it um, producing apples if it's an apple tree? Is it doing what it was designed to do? If it's doing what it was designed to do, it's perfect. And I think sometimes we have to look at ourselves and say, am I doing what I was designed to do? That's the perfection I'm looking for. And God also looks at her heart and he'll sort of say, I see your yes, even if your yes to me is small, even if your yes to me wobbles on days even if your yes to me sometimes turns into a no and then goes back to a yes, no, I'm saying yes, God, I'm saying yes, God. He says, I see your yes, and it moves my heart. It moves my heart. So for you guys, he wants to do something in terms of that standard that you have for yourself. And thinking of standards, there's, do you remember the parable of the talents and the guy who had one talent and buried it? And then when the master came back, he said, I know you were a hard man. Who told him? The master was a hard man. Who said that to him? There are some of us who be- are believing wrong things about God. We believe he's a harsh taskmaster. We believe he will come back and say, what have you done with, I gave you, with what I gave you? But it'll be in an accusing tone. What have you done? Where have you put it? What have you hidden? What have you not invested? That's the voice of the accuser. That's not God. That's not what He's like. And some of us have got a view of God that we've been taught and now is the time for the Holy Spirit to put his finger on some things in you because he's saying, that's actually not what I'm like. And if you have those spectacles on, when you see the rest of the story, the rest of the story looks like punishment, that is not what it is. When you know what God is like, that is not what it is. But when you have certain spectacles on, that triggers how you interpret everything. And for some of you, you need to take off your harsh taskmaster glasses when you're thinking about God and how He speaks to you. There are some of us who are frightened. Some are frightened of God, and some are frightened of the enemy. I heard somebody say it's a number of years ago they used to move in the supernatural. Um, fully committed in prayer, very involved in the life of the church. And then they said, um, nothing but trouble happened. They said they put their head above the parapet, and the shooting started. So their response to that was to go back into hiding. And they've been hiding for years now. And living their lives, living their Christian lives... Still, you know, reading their Bible, going to church, certain things move them, but if something challenges them or they want to respond to something, so I'm not putting my head above there because I remember what happened last time, but... Andy and I were uh, listening to um, a speaker, one of the Bethel speakers, actually, Chris Vallotton, who talks about um, the president. And he goes through the, um, like, American political system, but he took, eventually gets to the president and talks about how the president has a number of bodyguards. He doesn't have one. He has a number of bodyguards. And then, you know, the guys who are, like, walking like this and then there's a load of them, and I think they all must wear black and shades, um, and there's loads of them. But then if he goes anywhere, if the president goes anywhere, then they're all deployed in various places, and the place is checked out, everything's checked. Because the more authority you have, the greater your protection detail. The more authority you have, the greater your protection detail. So if you're scared of putting your head above the parapet, maybe, like again, it's been referred to angels, maybe we need to be asking God, show me my angelic protection detail. Show me what is going on. I've been talking to the Lord quite a lot about angels recently, and I've been seeing a lot more. And there was one morning when um, I, I've made a point of not asking to see anything um, to do with darkness. I don't want to see any of that. I want to see angels. So um, I've been asking the Lord about it. And obviously, we all know that Marks & Spencers is a particularly anointed shop. So I was in Marks & Spencers, and I was walking through, and I was suddenly aware of... um, Almost like clouds of darkness, shall we say. And I, and I knew it was stuff that the enemy was doing. Um, and they were fairly low down. And I was suddenly aware. And as I was walking through, I'm, I'm sort of speaking in tongues and saying to God, what's going on? Firstly, why am I seeing this? <laughs> what is going on? Um, and I just carried on walking. And I'm going through Mopsis. And I was going to go out, sort of, one of the doors into town. And I was suddenly aware that stuff of the enemy was looking at me, eyes were on me. And I'm sort of going, Lord, everybody's looking at me, these whatever it is that you're. Showing me, and I don't understand what's going on. Why, I don't know why you're showing me this, but I feel as if I'm being looked at. And as I continued to walk, the um, areas of darkness, shall we say, started to clear a path. And I suddenly became aware that God was showing me my authority, that because I am hidden in Christ, in God. And when the enemy looks at me, he sees the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. He sees the blood of Jesus. And it makes him extremely nervous. He is more nervous of me than I am of him. Yeah. And then I started giggling in the middle of Marks and Spencer's as I'm walking. And then other people were looking at me then. And, you know, something. <laughs> a good lesson to learn. And I know I've heard that. I've heard that over the years. I've heard that in church lots of times. I know that. But when the Holy Spirit showed me, it is a different truth. It is a different truth, which is why when it comes to our prayer times, we have got to encounter him. It's great to be able to chat to God all day and almost like having a running commentary with God as you go through your day. That's great. And I absolutely advocate that. But there has got to be an appointment time where I sit down with God and have an appointment with him and actually chat through some stuff. I often um, will challenge Andy, especially if he's on worship duty and has had some prayer times and stuff, and I'll say, business meeting, Sometimes when I see my boss, I've got a, load, a list of things I want to talk to her about. I need to chat to you about all these different things, so I'll have a meeting with my boss. We we'll call it supervision in the NHS, but basically it's a jobs list that I want to go through with my boss and make sure I know what's going on. If there are any problems, I chat to her about it. Is that what your relationship with God's like on that appointment time? Is it a work meeting? We need to chat about this. We need to talk about this. I need to pray about this. We need to you know, deal with this situation. Is it work meeting? Or do we go and be with him because I want to spend time with him? If you're bored with your relationship with God, you can bet your bottom dollar he's bored too. So I would say to you, start to say to him, tell him you're bored. Buckle your seatbelt up, but then tell him you're bored and see what happens. There was a specific word that I felt the Lord say for some today. I felt it's from um, when you were a child, but I felt that there are some um, that where the word spoken over them is loser. You're a loser. You've been a loser. And it's been spoken of you when you were lo- young that you're a loser. And I wrote a few things down because I was saying to the Lord, what do you want to say about this? And he said, oh, tell them that they are. Tell them that you lose your sin. You can lose your fear. You can lose your poor relationship with him. You can lose your failure. You can lose your weakness. You can lose your embarrassment. You can lose that feeling of not being in control or not being in power. You can lose habits. You can lose some of these things that are going on. Take it that way and let him break off you any accusation. I'm a bit of a Mike Bickle girl. And um, I used to um, go running, and I'd always put Mike on and listen to a preach. And there's lots of things that um, Mike Bickles taught over the years. Um, and there was one where I'm the type of person who, when I listen to a preach, I'll often almost, like, miss the main point. But there was throwaway comments are the ones that I'm like, oh, that was brilliant. And I write down all these throwaway comments and miss the main thing. And I was listening to Mike, and he told this great story about um, he was preaching on seeking the face of God and seeking the hand of God. And at the time, I was going through a particularly difficult time. Um, I was um, praying and I wasn't hearing him at all. Um, I would say I I was classically in the desert. So I was running my um, relationship with God purely on discipline. I was doing it because I know it's the right thing to do. I continued to read my Bible. I continued to pray, even though it felt difficult. I was doing all the disciplines that I know to do. Um, But it was hard, and it seemed to have gone on for so long, and um, all the tools that I've used in the past wasn't working for me. And then um, I was like, right, I'm going to keep filling my mind with Scripture, keep filling my mind. with the word because I can then be declaring that my mind can be renewed. So I was, I was praying and going through this, this time and, and I put this preach on and I I went out for my run and, um, Mike was talking about uh, seeking the face of God and and seeking the hand of God. And we've been blessed in um, recent times at seeing the hand of God move. We're seeing people healed. We're seeing people becoming Christians. We are seeing the hand of God and it's marvelous. And I'll continue to pray into that and continue to press into that. Um, But one of the things Mike was saying is when you're in the desert, you don't get anything back. You don't get You don't get a sensation of him being there. You don't get the experience of him being there. You don't get any physical manifestation of his presence. You know that sense where, oh, I know he's here. You don't get that when you're in the desert. You don't get anything. Um, You don't get any revelation, those those living words that I've been talking about. You can't see them, and you haven't seen them for ages. You can't hear them. You don't get any of that in the desert. There's nothing. There's nothing that you have when you're in that desert place. If you're there, this is the way out for you. Song of Songs talks about the bride came out of the desert leaning on her lover. And one of the things Mike said is, when you're in the desert, and there is nothing that you get back from God, that is the one place where you can bring your worship to Him, and He knows this is you absolutely loving Him with no strings attached. Because you can't sense His presence. You're not receiving revelation. There is nothing that you're getting back from Him. Somebody said to me recently, was talking about preparing for encounter, talking about some of the other things that we do, and they said, oh, um, it must be a lot of hard work. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to put things together um, as a gift for Jesus and then to break it before him. We get a lot back. So there's some work that we can do where it's not work at all because you get so much back from the Lord um, that it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I want to do that job. That's what it's like working with Jesus. Let me do it, Lord. Let me do it because you get so much back from it. But when you're in the desert, you don't. But that is the one place where you can say to him, I love you and I choose you. And it's not because I feel you. It's not because you answer my prayers. It's not because of all these other things that I know you do for me. I choose you because I love you. I choose you because you chose me. I love you because you first loved me. And I suddenly saw in my desert place that I was in a unique position because I could actually worship him And say to him, no strings attached, not because of what I get back from you, not because of anything that you give me in this desert place, I choose you, I worship you. And it was the most beautiful encounter that followed that because the Holy Spirit's like, it's no good, I can't stay back any longer. And then just overwhelmed me with his presence. And I've not been in a desert place since and I'm half looking forward to it. It's like, oh Lord, you know, next time I get in a desert place, I know that I can come to you and go, now you have to believe me that I love you. So if you're in the desert place, that's the way to get out, worship. Bring him your worship and say, look at me. Look at me in my desert. Look at me in the situation I'm in and know that I choose you. And that's the way to get out. If you are not a Christian, if you don't know his voice, it's an easy prayer. And it will open up a whole new life for you. So if that's you, now is a time where you can respond. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come. So let's just get comfy. I like to get comfy when I'm asking the Holy Spirit to come. Get comfy. Close your eyes so that you're just with him. And we'll ask him to come. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that you marked our lives when we gave our lives to you thank you Father that our lives are marked from when we encountered you and thank you Holy Spirit that you love us so much and that you want to teach us how to walk in partnership with you and we ask that you come you know our hearts you know what we've heard what moved us what touched us. And we ask that you come. This might be a time for you to be honest with the Holy Spirit and to say to him, yeah, that bit was me. But the beautiful thing about being the bride is that he allows us to respond to him. So if you want him to speak alpha over you, a new beginning, that some things you want to start then you stand. If you want to sit him to speak omega over you or over some things that you've been engaging in then you stand. Because he wants to deal with some alpha moments and some omega moments. Father, we're here for you and we want to do business with you and we want to start it here and then we'll carry it on later at home. But we are setting our face